Hi, I'm Scott Lamort from Itasca Bank and Trust Company, your local bank with big shoulders. Together, we've been shaping the future since 1948, but we're just getting started. We take pride that businesses and individuals like you know us for our high level of customer service, financial strength, and up-to-date technology. What we really want to be known for is our connection to the community. Itasca Bank and Trust Company may have a big bank ability, but we know what matters most, people. Join us as we invite members of the community to the table and have conversations as neighbors. Welcome to the Itasca Bank and Trust Insights Podcast, where we hope to give you insights into our customers and the communities we serve as we strive to be Chicagoland's best community bank. I'm here today with Mike Polaris and John Mueller, and we are going to cover some ground. Gentlemen, thank you for being on the Insights Podcast. So we're going to talk a little bit today about real estate lending. That's sort of today's topic. We're going to get as deep as we can, and I appreciate you both being here. I like to start the Insights Podcast out with just a little get to know you. So I'm going to start with John, if that's all right. John, tell us about yourself. Where were you born and raised? I grew up on a farm uh, east of Moments, which is east of Kankakee in Kankakee County. Uh, uh, was there until I was 18. Uh, went to college at Monmouth College on the clear other side of the state of Illinois. Uh, and at, Right after that, moved to the Downers Grove, greater DuPage County, south region, and uh, started in banking uh, shortly after graduation. How long have you been a lender, John? Uh, I started lending uh, in 2002 uh, at uh, another local community bank uh, uh, further east than we are now in Itasca, and uh, came over to Itasca Bank uh, in 2011, early 2011. Uh, so uh, a solid 12-plus years now with Itasca. I, I came over uh, to help with uh, workout situations initially uh, and uh, help our clients find any, any way, shape, or form to, to get, get through the, uh, the, the troubling times we had uh, with the real estate market. And uh, pretty much since 2012 and on have, uh, have been you know, set free to help people grow their uh, business and uh, expand relationships with the bank. So most of your banking career, if not all of your banking career, has been in smaller community-style banks? Absolutely. Pretty much? Yes. Great. So Mike, tell us a little bit about Mike Polaris. Well, uh, born and raised in uh, Romeville, Illinois. Uh, my folks uh, still have the same home there from that they purchased in 1968. Uh, it was a, kind of a farm community back then, so like, uh, like John, uh, and it's grown since. Uh, after that, uh, I, um, well, in between that, I went to Romeoville High School. Not a lot to do in Romeoville at the time, so I either played sports, I got in trouble. Still true to this day, Mike. Not much to do in Romeoville. <laughs> uh, wrestled, played football, um, and I went to Lewis University. And um, right out of college, um, I uh, you know, started my first job. So right now, uh, my wife and I, uh, recently, uh, moved to uh, Glendale Heights and uh, not too far from the bank. Uh, Nancy, my wife, and uh, had a couple dogs and they you know keep us on our toes. So uh, my whole family, uh, they, most of them are still out in Romeoville. So. In what weight class did you wrestle in in high school? I wrestled 119. John, did you wrestle him? <laughs> uh, I did not. I did not. But uh, if you went to Lewis and you were not a pilot, you must have crashed and burned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I had my challenges, but I, I survived. So like I mentioned, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about what the lending world looks like, and we're going to talk about it from two perspectives, what 
the terminology we use would be <coughs> commercial lending and consumer lending. Um, they're somewhat self-explanatory, but I'm going to let the technical stuff fall to you gentlemen because that's your area of expertise. Um, I think, again, I'm going to start with John. John, tell us, does Itasca Bank & Trust lend on commercial real estate, typically? Yes, it's kind of the backbone of our lending portfolio, uh, you know, for the last, you know, 60-some years. Uh, Multi-generational manufacturing companies is, is who we've dealt with mostly uh, through our time there with the, uh, uh, the large commercial uh, parks nearby. So... Uh, most of our, our lending portfolio has to do with real estate uh, or our clients and their real estate and, and kind of grows off of that. But uh, we, our primary focus is typically industrial warehouse, uh, uh, residential multi-unit. Uh, those are our, our primary focuses that we, we like to lend on. Uh, we'll go into mixed use. Um, and uh, we've we stretch out throughout DuPage and the surrounding counties uh, is kind of our footprint. Uh, but from time to time, uh, as technology has improved, we've had clients that have uh, moved a little bit out of the area, and we've been able to follow them, and, and they've wanted to stick with us, which is great. What does a mixed-use property currently in the market look like to you? What do you see commonly? Sure. Kind of at its simplest form, uh, some type of a storefront. First floor uh, retail type First thing. floor retail. Uh, or an office uh, in the front, uh, and then apartments above, uh, or potentially condos above, depending on the situation and location. And that's typically true in both the city and the suburbs these yeah. days? Okay. Yeah, downtown suburban uh, areas are pretty similar. Right. So particularly the train line communities like we see even at our branch in Roselle, the train station area is being redeveloped into that type of mix. You see, exactly. you're, you're seeing that everywhere. Yeah. Pretty much. Yep. Um, so the things that we do at Itasca, how close to the area where the bank is do these properties need to be for us to be able to work with our customers? Uh, generally, our, our CRA footprint is DuPage and uh, Cook County, and uh, we'll go outside of that, and we have uh, for uh, existing clients and, and uh, new relationships when it, when it fits, our, fits our eye. But for the most part, we stick to DuPage and Cook Counties. Good. Tell me a little bit about what does the structure of a commercial real estate loan look like? You know, give me a little bit of, of, you know, what is the structure of the loan? What are the terms, the amortization, the, the technical stuff? What is that like? Sure. Uh, and not to bore, bore too much, but we uh, generally provide uh, what you might refer to in the residential market as, as an ARM product. So uh, most commercial lenders typically give a five-year paper, a five-year balloon, if you will, uh, where Regardless of the amortization, it's a five-year note. Uh, we like to provide a 20-year loan uh, or less that's fully amortized, where the rate's fixed for five years and reprices for every three years after that. Um, and the benefits of that is uh, there's no need after five years to go get an updated appraisal, most likely, or to do new title work or, or uh, new underwriting. Uh, it's helped some clients get over what we call like a mark-to-market situation. If there's a slight downturn in real estate market, uh, five years after they took out their loan initially, as long as they were able to make their payment and keep going, provide us with uh, current financial information, 
there's no need for them to reappraise and, and perhaps tag a lower temporary value to their real estate. Uh, so uh, for the most part, our, our clients have really appreciated uh, that product and that flexibility. And uh, from time to time, especially currently, we're seeing uh, uh, how we've priced those. Historically, it's tied to Wall Street Journal Prime, some multiple prime it's going to adjust to. And uh, with how rates are right now and uh, short-term rates kind of being out of whack with historical, uh, at times we need to adjust those rates midterm uh, which we'll do with some uh, internal underwriting uh, without having to completely reinvent the wheel and redocument uh, the entire loan. So if I heard you correctly, we're talking about a 20-year loan product that has a fixed rate for five years and then is subject to a rate review and then is, again, subject to a rate review every three years after till the loan ends. Did I get that right? Yes. The, the rate is set. It's predetermined what it's going to adjust to. So, example, the, today I quoted someone a, a seven and a quarter uh, five-year fixed rate that's going to adjust every three years after that initial five years to a half a percent over Wall Street Journal Prime. Historically, uh, one to a half to one percent over Prime has been uh, pretty close to the going rate for a uh, uh, five-year commercial paper. Uh, right now, with short-term rates uh, kind of being uh, quite a bit higher than the market, uh, it's a little bit out of whack because that would be, you know, 875 would be a half over prime. That's a quite a bit over what we're quoting today. But historically, if you look back 20 years, it's right in line with a, a solid five-year rate, somewhere roughly 3% over the five-year treasury. So when people ask you, and, they, and I'm sure it happens to probably all of us at the bank, is when they say, oh, you know, what are the, what's the government doing with the rates? That matters because as they adjust the Wall Street Journal prime rate, we then adjust rates to follow suit, correct? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a big so impact. That's probably crazy time for you with your customers is when the feds announce there may be a change of some kind. And, and do, do your customers think you have the crystal ball, the magic uh, eight ball that tells you what the rates right. are going to be? They want to know, well, I'll just refinance next year. I'm like, okay, well, you, you might want to refinance now because we don't know what rates are going to be. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, differing speculation on them flattening out, maybe reducing by the end of the year a little bit, uh, but we have no indication that that's going to happen right now based on how things are. And if you knew how rates were going to play out in the future, you'd be a highly sought-after person. <laughs> right? I wouldn't need to work anymore if I, <laughs> if I knew. <laughs> so I'm going to switch over to talk to Mike a little bit about yeah. the what we call the consumer side. So <laughs> consumer lending plays by sort of a different set of regulations, right? I mean, there's a little bit of different rules from yes. the government on yeah. that. So talk a little bit, Mike, about it. You know the difference between commercial side and consumer side. Well, on the uh, on the consumer side, um, you know, the different types of loans that I come across can be anything from someone looking to purchase a home, uh, refinance, get a lower rate, which we're not seeing right now because those people that would have done it, you know, did it within mm -hmm. the last couple of years, um, or even uh, someone looking to tap into, that, into their equity, doing a home equity line of credit or a home equity loan. Um, so. What I come across is uh, really individuals, consumers who are looking to uh, uh, get uh, advice or counsel on you know, what uh, is the lowest amount of down payment can I do. A lot of people think it's 20% down on a purchase. Uh, not, not the case. I mean, you can go as, as little as 5 uh, to 3% down in many cases. Wow. Uh, funds could be gifted, so it doesn't have to be your own money. Um, and what we're seeing right now is 
less of the refinances, uh, a lot of people sitting on the sidelines uh, waiting for rates to change. And once again, none of us have a crystal ball on what's going to happen. Uh, but I do think uh, over time, rates will start to come down a bit once we're able to tame inflation. So does Itasca Bank and Trust do all of the mortgage-type lending in-house, and do we keep all that stuff? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, we uh, we can do both. So to the uh, biggest uh, purchases, uh, purchasers of mortgage-backed securities, Fannie Mae and, and uh, Freddie Mac, we can do that in the secondary market, which allows us to talk to people about putting a small amount down. Uh, they'll pay something called, uh, on a monthly basis, uh, private mortgage insurance. But once again, it allows them to leverage um, their ability to uh, use maybe those uh, reserves for upgrades in the home that they're going to be purchasing, or maybe appliances or things like that. Um, on the flip side, uh, especially since we're a relationship-based uh, relationship community bank, uh, we're able to portfolio or do in-house loans. Keep our loans with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if John and I are, are, are working with uh, one of our commercial clients or one of our good clients, uh, we're able to uh, utilize our our, uh, our internal funds to help them navigate through the home buying process if uh, some of their uh, particular needs are are, uh, uh, are more uh, complicated. Let's say if they uh, own several businesses or several entities, we're able to go that route. So, Mike, what are the, the most common types of real estate loans that you deal with at the bank? Are they typically single-family homes, or are they something else? What do you see? <clears throat> you know, that's the great thing about this this business. I've been in the business for, you know, 20-plus years. Um, every situation is different. Every client is different. Uh, every deal is different. That's what I love about it. So uh, <clears throat> in some cases, you may have someone who uh, is filling out an application, and, you know, they may have, uh, <clears throat> you know, 10 properties that they own. Another person may just be a first-time home buyer, so every situation is going to be different. Um, uh, right now, uh, I think a lot of people are once again sitting on the sidelines waiting for uh, rates to drop. But at the same time, there are opportunities out there for individuals to, you know, tap into their uh, home equity right now and maybe use some uh, funds from a home equity line of credit to do some renovations, uh, consolidate some debt and uh, keep their first mortgage uh, at the low rate they currently have. So, Mike and John, you can jump in on this at any point in time, too, because you, know, you both deal with all of these types of issues. So what makes the bank different from, say, a, a traditional mortgage company, uh, you know, a guaranteed rate type of a company? What, why does someone should someone come to the bank versus going directly to a mortgage provider? I, I'll start yeah. out, Mike. I think more of the uh, consultative process. Um, the majority, I think, initially of our consumer loan requests uh, stem from our existing commercial uh, base and then also folks that are near, very nearby in the community. And so we'll, we'll have people call in and say, you know, uh, I've had my accounts here for 30, 40 years. Um, I'm not sure where to start with this, but uh, we're we need we're running out of room, and I don't know first thing of how to go about doing this or uh, adding on to our home, or I want to build on this lot that we you know we've had uh, across the street, and uh, it kind of starts with a conversation. Uh, you know what are, what's your goal? Where are you trying to get to? 
uh, getting enough information about their financial picture to give them the options of whether a construction loan makes sense or to take out a home equity loan uh, to you know avoid some costs and really pick the best thing for them uh, in the long run versus uh, pushing the product that is more profitable. Um, that that's really what we've how I've uh, approached these conversations and uh, whether you're a commercial lender and you know, work on real estate, real estate only uh, or are strictly consumer, uh, all the lenders at the bank take these type of call-ins uh, from time to time and uh, everyone's versed in knowing the difference between the two and, and trying to provide support and ideas on which route to go. Uh, so that's how I, I see most of the interaction we have initially. Uh, very rarely do we have, uh, uh, in my opinion, what you call a rate shopper who's, uh, hey, I you know drove by on the expressway, I saw guaranteed rates doing you know 6.2 for a 30-year fix, what do you guys have? Uh, I, don't, I don't get many of those calls uh, from time to time, but for most part, it's uh, clients that have been here, trust us, and want our opinion, and uh, know that we're not gonna steer them in a, in a way that doesn't benefit them. And we can compete with those other types of oh, yeah, providers. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely, on. yeah. Our, we, uh, uh, we partner with uh, uh, the Rocket platform, and it's robust. The technology's there. The difference is <clears throat> working with us, if a client works with us, they're going to have really one point of contact. It's going to be myself or my colleague. And uh, it's not an assembly line. It's more consultative. So it's personalized. Yeah. Absolutely. And the service is different. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Mike, a lot of times I'll have people that I meet will say to me things like, uh, you know, I'd, like, I'd love to get a, a mortgage, but my credit score is like 520. Yeah. And it seems like everybody I hang out with has a credit score in the fours, it seems like. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about how credit affects the underwriting process of, of the consumer side of loans. Because I honestly, I don't know all that right. much about it. Yeah. Um, once again, every, everyone's situation is different, but generally speaking, um, the higher the credit score you have, the more uh, it will show the lender that you're responsible making payments, you're making timely payments, um, you're not overextending uh, uh, the lines of credit that you have, maybe with credit cards and that sort of thing. So you want to make sure that you are aware of what your credit looks like, you're aware of what your credit score is. And I would always recommend at least once a year, I know I do it myself, uh, if you go to annualcreditreport.com versus some of these other types of uh, 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 companies or vendors that will charge, annualcreditreport.com uh, doesn't charge and you can take a look at what your credit looks like. It won't show your score unless you purchase it, but it gives you an opportunity to see what's out there, acknowledge, and to kind of assess your situation. That way you go in open eyes, open ears when you can talk to your lender and you can be transparent about any challenges you're having. So is the credit score an integral part of the underwriting process for like residential mortgages? Uh, it, it can be. It can you be. Know, How does it affect the commercial side, John, or does it? Uh, on the commercial side, we, we don't necessarily look at score, but we look at history. Mm -hmm. um, I, in general, I think most banks and most mortgage lenders, kind of the, usually the line in the sand between marginal and acceptable credit is around 670 uh, for the most part. 
Um, you know, I've, I've seen plenty of credit scores in, in my day. I can't say I think I've seen over about a 825 score, but it apparently can go up to 850. Yeah. Um, uh, but we found that uh, it can be misleading as well because if you've got a commercial client or a, a business owner, uh, take for example, and they're using their personal credit, they're signing on business cards, uh, one of the parameters for the how they score is uh, percentage available of credit. And they might have $20,000 in personal credit card availability and use very little per month, under 25%. Uh, but their business credit cards are 100,000 plus and they're constantly have balances on them that get revolved monthly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's points to be had and uh, business expenses to run through and benefits to having credit cards and using them. And uh, you, I've seen excellent business people with scores in the 600s for that reason because their usage is too high on the, credits, on the credit report. So historically, we don't, uh, from the commercial side versus consumer, uh, we don't focus heavily on the score, but we're looking at the history. Is everything paid? There, there's uh, lines to show us the last four years of history on each item on their credit, whether it's a credit card, a home loan, um, uh, an RV loan, or you name it. Uh, as long as everything's paid on time and uh, we see that everything's current, uh, that's the main driver there. If there's Within the last two or three years, um, they'll show ones on the credit report if everything's paid on time. There's a two if it's 30, three if it's you know getting 60, and so on. Uh, if we see some numbers other than ones, we ask some questions and might ask for a letter of explanation. Um, so it, it just depends on the situation. So what I'm hearing you both say is that the score itself isn't the be-all, end-all of anything, really, which I think is a bit of a misnomer to the average consumer like me, like, tend to think you see on TV, oh, it's all about your credit score, credit score, credit score. So it's for, good to know that that's not really the be-all end all of this process. For quick underwriting uh, processes for uh, auto loans mm -hmm. or anything else that's going to run your credit before they determine if they want to you know, give you something, you're at Best Buy and you want to you know, put a TV in a credit card, that's important for those type of things that are, are quick snap sure. decision making because it's a quick indicator, but it doesn't always tell the whole story. So, Mike, I want to ask you one more question related sure. to the housing market, which yeah. is, which is, where do you see things as we go forward? You know, you talk about people staying on the sidelines while rates are higher. In your mind, what are you? What do you think is most likely to happen in terms of is it going to be uh, the housing market purchases coming back up, or is are you? Do you think you're going to see more home equity lines of credit being done, or you know, what what do you see? Yeah, I mean, right now you've got a lot of a lot of challenges out there. Uh, inflation is stubborn, and right now the Fed is just trying to tame that. Um, a lot of jobs that are, are are out there. So, right now, I think rates are going to pretty much kind of stay the same. Right now, they're thirty-year uh, fixed. You're seeing rates <clears throat> in the sixes and the sevens. Twenty twenty-four can be a different story. There's an election going on. Uh, there's global challenges, but. <clears throat> The issue we're having now is there's not a lot of inventory out there. Right. So all it takes is rates to drop a little bit. We saw that happen earlier this year, and some people got off the sidelines because 
it's a snowball effect. Those that are at low rates right now don't want to sell. <clears throat> they want to keep that rate. But if rates drop enough, they may. If they do that, that creates inventory, and then there's an opportunity for buyers to come in. And, Mike, when you talk about a rate of 6 to 7% on a residential mortgage, when you look at historically in the longer span of time looking backwards yeah. in American history, 6 and 7 is not right. the worst thing we've seen in our right. lifetimes, is it? Right. No. I mean, rates have been higher if you went back to the Reagan years. Uh, rates were much higher. So it's all relative, and uh, it also has to do with uh, individuals are potentially making more money if, you know, two uh, individuals working. So... Once again, it's all it's all relative depending on the. We got a little spoiled when rates were down <laughs> in the threes back in the day. Well, we've got a whole generation of of, uh, of folks who have never seen a home loan rate uh, until now that was above five percent right. uh, for over ten years. So, it's uh, historically, yeah, it's 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 okay, but uh, it, it's a hard pill to swallow. It's all about and, perspective, right? Yeah, and it, it's a uh, you know, supply and demand situation that uh, the higher rates haven't really negatively impacted the real estate market. Um, you know, low demand because rates are high. Low supply because rates are high. Mm -hmm. uh, those who want to upgrade or expand aren't because they like the rate and they're going to stay there for the time being. So, um, you know, on one hand, the the rate situation is, is, you know, floating the values in the real estate market as well. I'm going to ask you guys the same question, but I'm going to start with Mike, and yeah. I'll let John have a minute or two together his answer. <laughs> Give us a quick walkthrough of what does the application process for a mortgage look like at Itasca Bank? Yeah, so <clears throat> we'll just start with the, uh, a purchase example. So uh, if someone's looking to purchase a home, that discussion could be a few days. It could weeks or months, right? Because mm -hmm. <clears throat> while they're looking for a home, if they find a home, uh, it may be off the market pretty quick. So <clears throat> that period of time of discussion, uh, initially it starts out with just kind of with a uh, some dialogue on setting expectations, what their needs and wants are. Uh, we talk through about uh, down payment, uh, what they're looking to purchase, uh, what kind of home they're looking to purchase. Uh, then we start to talk about maybe highlights of the program. Um, is there gifted funds that are an opportunity uh, instead of them having to come up with the 20% down? We also talk about um, documentation, what their credit looks like even before we pull credit. Uh, documentation, income and assets, how long they've been on a job. If they've been on the job for two years or are they self-employed? Um, do they have a bank account where we can document where their money's gonna come from for the down payment and closing costs? So once again, on a purchase, that discussion could be ongoing, uh, but it could also be within a matter of 30 days that they find a home they were looking to purchase. Gotcha. John, what does applying for a commercial loan look like? What so do you need I'll to get you, that done? I'll give you two different scenarios. I'll give you one uh, uh, for when my, what my kids would refer to as uh, the noobs uh, to the pros, <laughs> right? So. And it's it's not a, uh, a not a uh, criticism on on those folks. It's experience, right? So we have clients that we've known for a long time that uh, are avid real estate investors or uh, business owners that uh, they 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 understand what kind of goes into the process, and they might uh, reach out and say, "Hey, I'm buying a new property. Here's a copy of the contract. Here's the lease." Uh, or it's going to be owner-occupied, and they give us a list of things and say, um, 
go ahead and take that to credit and, and, uh, and see where you get with it. Um, the majority of the time, it's a much more consultative process where uh, you know, uh, a client has their business account with us and they stop by and say, you know, I've been renting a long time. Uh, I think it's time for us to own our own facility, and, uh, but I don't know where to start. Let, let's, you know, what can you tell me? Can you, what do you guys have? So um, it, we, we kind of start from scratch. Uh, dig into their financial information, look at what they've been paying in rent, uh, help them walk into a mortgage payment, find out what they have for a down payment, and uh, walk them through the process to show them this is what you're paying in rent, this is what you could be paying in principal and interest, and building equity every month. Uh, so we had a wide variety of uh, experience levels. Uh, you might have a, a a client that's run their business for 30 years, but they've rented the whole time, and now they want to own that real estate, and uh, but they really haven't been in that market. And then to the far side of the spectrum, where um, they're more checking in, hey, here's here's some information. Do your underwriting, get back to me on how you think the cash flow looks, and that's going to help me determine if I want to pull the trigger uh, off of this letter of intent. Uh, so that's kind of the front end of it. After that, we, uh, we, we get it to our underwriting team, uh, review that depending on the size of the credit. Uh, it might be you know, just myself, about me, myself and one other lender to sign off on it. Uh, larger credits need to go to uh, multiple people and perhaps even our uh, uh, board of directors for approval for large credits. So this stuff doesn't happen in a snap of the fingers? No. Right. Uh, Folks wish it would, right. um, but uh, for the most part, uh, from walk-in application with everything that we need, uh, the typical uh, real estate transaction from application to close, uh, best case is you know, 30 to 45 days, and that's when we've got everything we need from them right away. Typically, they've got to go back to their accountant to uh, rustle up a little bit more information or uh, more current information. But uh, in general, that's, that's roughly the time frame. So the trivia question for you both, who knows the five C's of lending? Capital character, collateral, credit, collateral, collateral and... Uh, conditions. Right? Conditions. Teamwork over there. I, I, I love just it. use character <laughs> twice. I, I feel like at Itasca Bank, that, 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 it counts you, for an it, extra. We really you're not wrong. We do six. There we uh, go. Character counts twice. That, when I started at the bank, was the first thing they taught me about lending, is you need to learn the five C's. Okay. So there we have it. Good job. Um, kind of one last question that I have before I open it up to you guys is, what do you say to people who say the only people who can get a loan are the people who don't need it, the people who already have money. Have you heard that before? Do you get that? I, I've heard that said before. And to some degree, it, it can be true. But uh, that's why there's uh, SBA loan products. Uh, but in general, uh, for commercial real estate, you know, you're, you're looking at putting, you know, 25% down payment. Uh, anything that non-owner occupied, for the most part, uh, at least 25% down. And um, so, you know, you, you could say, well, that's true. You know, if you don't have 25% to put down, uh, you know, the, the products that you can, we, we've had 
maybe a dozen in the last uh, three or four years, uh, there's an SBA loan product called the uh, 504 program. Sure. And you can put down as little as 10%. I'm still going to work with Mike because he only needs 5%. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and that's on the home loan side. So generally speaking, uh, that's a, a less uh, historically risky loan type because the, would you rather lose your business's property or the place where your kids sleep? Right. So it all comes down to risk, and that's the, the uh, less risky uh, thing for someone to not want to keep paying. Right. Yeah, and I, w- I would say on the consumer residential side, you know, it's there's money that's needed, but it doesn't have to be your own money, right? So if you're able to have a family member gift funds on five percent down with Fannie or Freddie, you can then keep your own funds and sure. use it for other things like paying down debt or doing right. upgrades on the property or whatever else you want to do when you're looking to purchase. So it has to be someone's money, though. This is true, right? <laughs> um, with that, I'm going to sort of open the floor up. Uh, any other advice you have for maybe business people or you know individuals looking for mortgages, folks looking for commercial real estate? Any tips? Any anything they should know? I always have a plan. Um, I'm impressed when folks come in and they are organized, have their information together. They've already called their accountant. Um, and not that you need necessarily a business plan to you know, move your business into another property. But, uh, you know, if you're not an avid real estate investor, um, you know, come, to, come and have a plan in, in front of you uh, versus, yeah, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm not sure. Uh, Confidence and uh, proper prior planning, you know, prevents poor performance. Mike, any advice from going from rent to own? Yeah, I, I'd say um, it's important for uh, a borrower, an applicant, uh, as well as a lender, to be transparent with one another. You know, uh, at the end of the day, I mean, you're you're dealing with documents, you're dealing with income and assets and verifying things, but you're dealing with the, another person, right? So be comfortable of who you're working with. Be curious, ask, ask questions, um, jot down those questions. The conversation, like I said, for a home purchase can be, you know, uh, several weeks to several months to, you know, over a year. Um, and, uh, and talk to others about getting, you know, a referral maybe from someone, someone who has dealt with that other person before. Uh, when you're working with that, on a home purchase, uh, a good realtor is going to be important. And with everything that's going on in the economy right now, I would say, you know, a plan is good. Uh, also, you know, try to pay down, if you have the wherewithal, uh, any debt that you have. Credit cards are, rates are going up and continue to increase. So if you're paying 15 to, you know, 19% of your credit cards, um, it's going to be tough to um, move forward with, uh, you know, a home purchase because it's just going to put you upside down. And uh, try to make your, your payments in a timely uh, manner as much as possible. There you go. Gentlemen, this has been incredibly informational, and I want to thank both of you for coming. That's Mike Polaris, John Mueller, and I think we can all agree, if anyone out there has any questions about lending, they should call the bank and ask for John Hunt, right? Absolutely. (laughs) That'd be our chief lending officer, John Hunt. Uh, In all seriousness, uh, if you need help with uh, lending, you have questions, call the bank. Uh, We have a team in Itasca and a team in Roselle. 
these guys here in Itasca. I'm in Roselle with uh, a couple of our colleagues, but always happy to help. With that, thank you for being here again. I appreciate it. This has been the Itasca Bank and Trust Insights Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.